In uncertain days, it is important to remember that our world is getting ready to meet God. We are all getting ready to meet Him. The King is coming. Today, we join Scott Pauley in walking through the final book of the Bible, the revelation of Jesus Christ. If we say that someone makes short work of something, we mean by that they get a lot done in a very short amount of time. When you come to Revelation chapter 18, you see God making short work of the wicked. Literally, what God can accomplish in a moment. Now, let me pause before we read the text today and just say to you, if it seems like uh, that the, the wickedness just goes on and on and on, and the the world system seems to just go on and on and on. I want you to know that there's a moment coming. There is a moment where God is going to bring all of this to an end. There is a moment where God's going to change everything. See, God can do more in a moment than you can in a million years. In one second, as surely as God spoke the word light, and there was light and it was very good at the beginning of our Bible, when God calls time in the end, it's going to be over in a moment of time. We're in Revelation chapter 18. We're seeing how God brings judgment on the Antichrist's final kingdom, on his empire, his Babylon. And we've seen this religious Babylon and now this commercial Babylon beginning to crumble. Listen to Revelation 18 verse 8. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day. Remember that phrase, in one day. Death and mourning and famine and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. You remember the last time we studied, I said to you that there's someone bigger than Babylon. God is bigger than Babylon. God's bigger than everything and everyone. And that's the emphasis that continues here. Babylon that seems so big, it's all relative, you see. It seems so big from man's perspective and from, from the side of time. But if you look at Babylon from God's vantage point in heaven, and from the vantage point of eternity, it actually is really nothing. None of us are anything compared to the greatness of our God. Strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. And so we see God making short work of Babylon, of this Antichrist system. And here's the phrase in verse 8, in one day, my mind immediately goes to the Proverbs that says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Have you lived long enough to know that in one day, everything can change. In one day, everything can turn around. Well, I want you to know, in one day, God is going to bring it all to an end. And then, listen to this phrase in verse 10. Standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. Oh, now we're getting even more particular. Not just in one day, in one hour. I say again, God can do more in a moment than we could in a lifetime or in many lifetimes. In one hour, that's repeated in verse 17, for in one hour so great riches is come to naught. You see, all the riches of the world, you think this is going to last forever. This is going to last a long time. No, no. In one hour, it's all gone. You remember Jesus saying to his disciples one day when they came out of the temple, they were so enamored with the stones and the pillars and the beauty of the physical structure. And he said, look, I'm going I'm to tear it down. It's going to be gone someday. 
Listen to verse 19. He repeats it again. For in one hour is she made desolate. You're getting the picture? In one day, in one hour, in one hour, in one hour. What is God saying? God's saying in a moment I'm going to change it all. The rest of Revelation chapter 18 is really God's judgment scene. It's like going into the Lord's courtroom. In verse 7, the verdict comes. What is the verdict? The verdict is guilty. Listen to verse 7. How much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her, for she has said in her heart, I sit a queen, and am no widow, and she shall see no sorrow. What a picture of the world we're living in even now. And that's only going to intensify under the Antichrist. Pride and presumption. Uh, so blessed materially. So comfortable. We think it's never going to end. Living deliciously, but not realizing torment and sorrow are just around the corner. And so the verdict comes in one hour. Guilty. In verse 8, the sentence comes. Death and mourning and famine. God says if you're guilty then now you must be judged. Here's your sentence. In verses 9 and 10, the death penalty comes. This is, this is the ultimate judgment, the death penalty. In verse 9, it says, And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city. Do you see here the funeral of a city? Do you see a city burning with fire? Do you see all the things that people put so much hope in suddenly brought to ash? Oh, aren't you glad this world's not your home? Aren't you glad that this is not the end? No, no, friend. There's a, there's a new heaven. There's a new earth. There's a new Jerusalem. But let me not get too far ahead of myself. We're coming to that soon enough in Revelation. For now, pause and somberly, soberly reflect on this. In one hour, God is going to bring the splendor of this world to nothing. And then, beginning right here where we are in verse 10 of Revelation 18, uh, through verse 19, there is a mourning that comes. You see the progression? A verdict comes in verse 7, guilty. A sentence comes in verse 8, death, mourning, and famine. The death penalty comes in verse 9 and 10. It's all destroyed. And then the mourning comes. Well, who mourns? Who would mourn the world system crashing down? Who would mourn the end of the Antichrist empire? I'll tell you who mourns. First of all, the kings of the earth. That's the first people identified. The government leaders. Do you know why? Because they've lost their power. They've lost what they thought they built. They lost what they thought would last forever. You see, all the kings of the earth are going to bow at the nail-pierced feet of the king of kings very soon. And then, beginning in verse 11... Down through verse 16, the merchants begin to mourn. Read it for yourself. There's actually a list here what they lost. Gold and silver and precious stones and pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and fine wood and vessels of ivory and precious wood and brass and iron and marble and cinnamon and odors and ointments and frankincense and wine and oil and fine flour and wheat and beast and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves. And then it says this, and souls of men. You see how they put all their hope in things, in stuff. And in one hour, it's all gone. And the bottom line is, it's not just the things they lost. They lost their own souls, the souls of men. And all they can mourn over is the fact they lost their means of income. They lost their money. I, I would hate to think that my hope was in my money and in my riches. 
I want the riches that the world cannot give me and the world cannot take it away. And then when you come to verse 17, 18, and 19, the traders start mourning. These seamen, these, these shipmasters, it's a picture of those who trade. It actually uses that word, who trade by sea. And what are they doing? They're, they're mourning. They say in verse 18, What city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city wherein were made rich all that had ships in the sea by reason of her coastlines, for in one hour is she made desolate. The traders say, We've lost the means of our trade. We have nothing more to do. It's going to be sad when what people have lived their entire life for and given all their labors for is gone in one hour. Could I encourage you to make sure that you've laid up treasure on the other side, that you're not living for this world but for the world to come, that you're not putting your hope in man but in God because in one hour, in one day, God is going to bring it all to an end. Keep your hope in the eternal God. The purpose of all Scripture is to see God. In Revelation, the curtain is pulled back and we are reminded not to simply look at world events, but to look to Christ. We hope you will join us next time as Scott Pauley continues our study through this amazing book of the Bible. You may also join us right now for additional studies and a library of helpful resources at enjoyingthejourney.org. You will find several new features at our online home, and we trust they will be a blessing to you as you walk with God. Plan to visit us each day at enjoyingthejourney.org, and we look forward to returning to Revelation on our next broadcast. Keep your eyes on Christ and look up. The King is coming.